Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to another edition of the Go Knows Podcast. I am your host, Gregory McCoy. This podcast is by a fan for fans. I am not a journalist. I am not a reporter. I am not an insider. I do not work for a website. Uh, The majority of my information comes from me. Other information comes off the Internet. Today is January 6, 2020. This is episode number 26. I'm going to stick with my same format, highlighting one defensive player and one offensive player. Then I have a couple of different topics I would like to talk about. Um, So let's go ahead and get started. Um, first, I want to start with Quayshawn Fuller, defensive end, 6'3", 270. Um, Quayshawn Fuller, why wasn't this kid playing more? He can play. Speed rusher, uses swim move nicely. Uh, spins a little too much for me. Weight room and film room is a must. Um, this guy can challenge for playing time. Um, this guy can give Florida State uh, some quality play um, in a rotation role. Um, I don't know why the previous staff didn't play this guy more. They redshirted him. I think Willie Taggart just gave up on this team. Okay, Quayshawn Fuller. He's a player. Okay, he needs to get stronger though. Um, this guy can come off the edge and wreak havoc. A lot of schools wanted him. Uh, most notably, Alabama. And Florida. He chose Florida State. Um, so, you know, this guy can play. Um, you know, the uh, the new defensive ends coach, I don't know anything about him. But this is a guy that needs to get on the field. Okay? As long as he puts in the work and dedication and he's motivated, I don't see anything stopping this guy from being one of the uh, top contributors on this team uh, next season. All right. And next is going to be running back Treshawn Ward. Um, 5'10", 194. Um, And this is what I wrote about him. Um, I understand that uh, Cam Akers was the number one guy on the roster and Kalen LeBourne was the number two guy. Um. I felt like this guy should have got a look based on what I saw in the Sun Bowl. He is elusive and fast with soft hands. Why isn't he on scholarship? Um, Need, Like I said before, needs to add weight, needs to get stronger, uh, needs to really, you know, be motivated and dedicated. And just he needs to try to outshine the other running backs on this roster. In my opinion, he's a hidden gem 
on this roster. And again, I I looked at his stuff on the Sun Bowl. I thought he was, you know, decent. I mean, you have to take the offensive line into consideration. You know, when when the quarterback drops back to or doesn't even drop back, he he's already in the shotgun and the defensive line is already, you know, in your in your uh hip pocket. I mean, you know, it's going to be hard for a running back to do anything, but I seen, you know, a little bit of burst there from uh Treshawn Ward when he was able to actually make it past the line of scrimmage. So, um again, the new running backs coach coming in from Tennessee. Um it is not a uh at, at the recording of this episode it's still kind of iffy if Tennessee is going to fight to keep the, that coach, the running backs coach uh, that Florida State is trying to snag away from them. But if he is the guy, he has a reputation for developing running backs, and I think he can work wonders with uh, Treshawn Ward. So that's going to do it. I don't have an NFL comparison for either of these guys. Um, so my next topic is going to be the 4-3 multiple defense, which our defense, our new defensive coordinator, uh, Andy Fuller, will employ. Um, and this, what I'm going to say is probably not what he's going to run, but this is what I believe the 4-3 multiple defense is, in my opinion. All right. So the 4-3 multiple defense, Florida State's new scheme, which defensive coordinator Andy Fuller will be running it traditionally consists of four down linemen, two linebackers, and one safety linebacker hybrid, and four defensive backs. This is a defense our personnel fits best, with Lars Woodby, if healthy. With Lars but Woodby, look, I can't even talk today. <laughs> with Lars Woodby, if healthy, would be the safety linebacker hybrid. Uh, this is... And this is a very aggressive attacking style, which I love. In this scheme, the question for us is who will be the two linebackers? I say Emmett Rice, one, and the other spot is up for grabs. I think Jaleel McCray, Kayvon Glenn, Kalen DeLoach, um, Amari Gaynor, you know, a lot of the young guys, they need to battle it out. And, uh, see who can be the other linebacker uh, in that rotation. Either way it goes, I want to see a rotation at really, you know, every position on the defense with the exception of probably Marvin Wilson. But even even he needs to come off the field because that was kind of the problem last year. You would play these guys the whole game, and then when it got to the fourth quarter, they were out of gas. So you need to have a rotation everywhere. Um Let's see, the 4-3 multiple defense can defend the pass and the run effectively without needing to sub that much. To me, the height and weight for this defense should be at each, uh, the, the height and weight at this position should be as follows. Defensive end, 6'2", 260, minimum. These are all minimums. Uh, defensive tackle, 6'3", 290. Linebacker, 6'3", 225 safety linebacker hybrid 6'2 210 uh cornerbacks 
six zero or six foot one eighty five safeties six foot two hundred speed at every position crazy strength at every position smarts and fundamentals at every position so to basically summarize the four three multiple scheme the key to that defense is obviously the safety line safety linebacker hybrid he has to be able to you know he's he's going to be a jack of all trades he's got to cover backs receivers tight ends and i think if lars would be is healthy he can do that um he probably needs to get back down to um again his uh the initial weight he came in was like what 209 208 i mean he he's a player he's a player um and he he basically thought when he came in when he came to florida state hey they were going to run this type of scheme which fits my skill set this is what uh Jalen ramsey played that's where uh derwin james played and you know if they can get back to that type of defense i think you're gonna see lars would be take off if he's healthy from that leg injury all right so that's all i got to say about the um four three multiple defense next i wanted to talk about a qb comparison that i wanted to been wanting to do for a long time and that is charlie ward versus tommy frazier and i'm going to start with tommy frazier first all right two african-american quarterbacks that played each other in the orange bowl january 1 1994 of course charlie ward won 1816 um but tommy frazier did lead a potential game-winning drive and set up a field goal to win the game, but Nebraska missed the field goal. So that's just a little brief history on this, com- you know, this comparison. Um, this is what I got to say about Tommy Frazier. 6'2", 205. He's from Bradenton, Florida. A triple option beast. Limited thrower, but made a lot of big-time throws in big time games showed up in big games 1994 1995 national champion again you already said already summarized the orange bowl 45 and 4 as a starter one of the best college qbs ever in my opinion he went undrafted all right so to me tommy frazier's signature moment was the 75 yard touchdown run against the florida gators and i'm not just saying that because it was against the florida gators a team that i hate um historically in my opinion he's one of the best college quarterbacks to ever step on the field i mean he was dominant i mean he was just you know he dominated virtually every game he played in man and um I think in today's NFL, he might have got a shot. I mean, you look at somebody like Lamar Jackson or Jalen Hurts or Russell Wilson, um, and if he could have played in the spread, I think he, he could have done pretty good, man. I mean, you know, uh, I really don't know what else to say about him. I mean, I'm not really doing him any justice probably, but hey man, I think his game 
could have translated well to the NFL. So in today's NFL, um, the league was different back when he finished up at Nebraska. And next I wanted to go, next I'm going to go to Charlie Ward, 6'2", 190, from Thomasville, Georgia, Heisman Trophy winner, 1993 national champion. Again, beat Tommy Frazier in the 1994 Orange Bowl. NBA point guard. Rejected NFL for lack of respect. Waited three years to get on the field at Florida State. Better passer than Frazier. 23-2 as a starter. He went, um, should have played sooner. Uh, Great college quarterback. Kansas City Chiefs wanted Ward to back up Joe Montana. He declined. All right. So my winner is going to be Charlie Ward, obviously. Um, Just a more prolific passer. Um, I don't know why Bobby Bowden didn't play Charlie Ward more. I think they could have been in contention for more national championships. Um, during the three years that Charlie Ward didn't play, um, you know, I, I want to say Casey Weldon was in front of Charlie Ward. Charlie Ward was a way better quarterback than Casey Weldon. I just think that Bobby Bowden and, uh, the, uh, offensive coordinator, I want to say it was Brad Scott, but I could be wrong. I don't know. They just were fixated on Casey Weldon. Um, I just feel like Charlie Ward's game translated better to the NFL. Um, you know, he was obviously a better passer. Tommy Frazier was a little bit more athletic, but the league, the league wasn't ready for those type of quarterbacks yet. I mean, you had Randall Cunningham there, you had Warren Moon, but I just don't think the league was ready for an influx of black quarterbacks i just don't think it was ready for that at that time um so the last thing i wanted to talk about which is uh continuing with the charlie ward uh theme um did charlie ward's sacrifice help the black quarterback i think it did charlie ward was basically told charlie ward basically told the nfl if I'm not a first rounder, don't draft me. And we all know that when you tell the NFL to do something, they're basically going to screen you out. But even with the NFL screening him out, the Kansas City Chiefs still came and tried to get him to back up Joe Montana. All right. Um, so when he told them, don't draft me, uh, he stated it was a respect issue. Um I think the NFL teams and its I think the NFL and its teams took a internal look and said the following year draft Steve McNair from Alcorn State to prove that we like black quarterbacks. Now this is in my opinion now. Um don't get me wrong, Eric McNair was an awesome player. Um but he wasn't better than Charlie Ward in my opinion. The ACC um uh, football conference sucked at that time but i think it was 10 times better than the swag 
Alright The NFL is a political machine Let's face it Charlie Ward's sacrifice Helped many black quarterbacks To get the proper evaluation That they get today In my opinion I mean I just I don't, I don't think I've ever seen Since Charlie Ward A Heisman Trophy winner Go undrafted I could be wrong but I don't think they're since that since he won the Heisman up until to today, January 6, 2020. I don't think a Heisman Trophy winner has ever went undrafted. Um, so that's going to conclude today's episode. I hope you liked it. Um, this podcast is available on YouTube. It's available on Apple Podcasts. It's available on Google Podcasts. And it's also available on Spotify. Uh, podcast thank you for your tremendous support i appreciate every single subscriber that listens to my podcast i appreciate every subscriber that has subscribed to my podcast and as always go nose